Statman, Crash Gladys, Kenny Sargent. We're joined by C.J. Wilson from, of course, the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. But that's not what the hell he's hanging out with us here in Daytona for us because we got us a big-ass race. But he's the only professional athlete that I've seen here, professional baller, that owns a team. C.J. Wilson Racing. Why do, C.J., why don't more athletes with your kind of cake own more race teams? I think it's just familiarity. You know, I grew up around racing. My dad was on a pit crew for a dirt track midget team when I was a kid. So I used to go to Ascot and Riverside and, you know, all those tracks and stuff in Southern California. And I was getting amped up about racing. So I, you know, did some go-karting and got into racing myself. But I think a lot of guys, they like golf. They like the relaxing thing. Golf, to me, is not relaxing. It's frustrating. Race cars are awesome. So I just like the adrenaline, the speed, and all that. And that's really how I got into it. But some guys, they're terrified of going fast they don't want to hurt themselves or something and so anything associated with it they see is sort of taboo but you can't really call racing relaxing or can you well 24-hour races are a little bit more relaxing you know you get the monotonous hum of the engines kind of through each corner but no i mean it's something that i feel just it speaks to me you know racing especially when you're in the car there's all the harmonics of the engine and the other cars and stuff like that and becomes a zen experience it might not be relaxing but you're at your best, you're focused. It's kind of like a martial art where it's like, you know, when you're really balanced and you're doing it right, it is kind of like something that speaks to you on a deeper level. And if anybody's done it or been around it, then they know. But the people that haven't, they're just like, don't you just push the gas pedal? Oh, I can't stand that. Don't you all yeah. just, just go fast? And- but that's why when you just said a zen experience, it, it it's 180 degrees of what you just what you said there. Oh, don't you guys just go fast? However, it is hypnotic to other people that are in motorsports. Yeah, it is. It's. I mean, it's. It's kind of like. Uh, it's an acquired taste, obviously. But once you have it, you just never get rid of it. It's always in your blood. And I feel like that's something that, you know, it's cool because we we're a development team. You know, we have young kids come through and they win a prize or something like that with the Mazda Teen Challenge, and then they come in the MX Five Cup, and then they try to race their way up into Grand Am. And so you see these kids that are you know sixteen years old, eighteen years old, whatever, and they're kind of working their way up to be professional drivers. They want to be the next Tony Stewart or the next you know, Dario Franchitti or something like that. And that that's fun for me to watch because professional athlete to aspiring professional athlete, I can relate to them and say, hey, I was in your shoes. I was in the college or the minor leagues, and I know the fire that burns inside you that, to get to the next level, and it's wait, fun. Wait a minute. C.J. Wilson, <laughs> we're sitting here listening to you talk about Zen and talk about all this stuff. You're a guy that stands on a hill 60 feet away from some insane people with a stick that want to knock the ball off my your, face, off your face, <laughs> yeah, and then bounce it into the third row of the stands. Yep. You know about pressure. What's the Zen thing happening <laughs> in the racetrack? Well, that's what it is, though. Like you know, Senna, Ayrton Senna, who's I'm one of my favorite drivers of all time, and uh, you know, I've read all of his literature, all of his books, and stuff like that. And he says, you know, pressure is something that you create with yourself. So if you're able to actually isolate yourself and kind of put yourself in a bubble like the zen bubble for instance then it's just you in the car and you're out there trying to become you know one with the limit and that's really what it's about at, at its at its deep core that's really what i mean it's easier for him to say because he was never running in the mid pack he's always in front of everybody else <laughs> so he's like just running qualifying laps the whole time with nobody in front of him but um you know for some of us mid packers the challenge of staying calm in the midst of having to make all these decisions and it's the split second decisions that really 
make the difference between a guy that's going to fly off the track or crash or make the amazing pass. Now, I heard Colin Kaepernick, the, the 49ers quarterback, said that pressure comes when you're not prepared. Right. You kind of agree with that? It sounds like that's what you're saying. If you prepared the race or you're prepared to throw a 90-mile-an-hour fastball, it's no pressure. You just do it. Right. It's the, the actual game or the race is the reward for all the preparation and the hours and hours that you've put in. I mean, for us as baseball players, we're watching video, you know, we're working out, we're playing long toss, we're running. It always towards this discipline of winning the game or making that one perfect pitch over and over and over again. And in the race, it's the same thing. You, you do your time in the simulator, you do your training, you eat well, you sleep well. You listen to your PR guy, you know, you uh, tweet what no, you're you supposed don't. to tweet for your partners and <laughs> yeah, stuff. Yeah, you say that because he's sitting here, but you don't really listen to him, do you? No, I do because he keeps me on, on track, on schedule, so it's great. Um, no, but it, it is very similar. There's a lot of similarities in between baseball and, you know, motorsports and really kind of any two things that are at the top level. If you're a professional heart surgeon... You have to deal with stress and pressure and the fear of failure just the same way you do if you're racing the Indy 500 or you know NASCAR or anything else. Now, when you listen, let me slip one more in here. Uh, C.J. Wilson, when you're on the mound pitching, do you ever think about racing and vice versa when you're coming out of a turn, going out the banking at Daytona? Do you ever think about throwing a fastball past... Uh, I don't know. I don't. I want to say Barry Bonds, but he's not out there anymore. I, I used to think does. about that. Yeah, I, used to be like, <laughs> I never got to face Barry Bonds, which is kind of a bummer. Um, I got to face a lot of the other guys at the end of their, you know, that era. Well, who's the guy that makes you afraid now? There's nobody. See, it's funny because it's like the little guys. It's like the guys that just like slap the ball. Those are the dudes that the little mouse guys. Yeah, that, those guys. The, the Kinslers. <laughs> no, because no, because Kinslers trying to go deep, so it's different. Like you know, if you throw it down the middle, he can he can launch one over the stands. But if you make a good pitch, he's still trying to launch one, so he's not going to go up there and bunt. But the guy like Ichiro. If if there was a right-handed Ichiro, because Ichiro is lefty, so I get him out okay. Yeah. But a right-handed Ichiro. What did oh you just say? What did you just say? I get him out okay. Yes! We're going to we're going to put that we're going to put that online and we're, and you know like for instance like like Sean Figgins when I first came up to the majors, he was like a right-handed Ichiro. He stole 50 or 60 bases a year and he batted right-handed. He would just like kind of slap the ball through the infield and then get on first base and jump around and then like try to steal second and he it was so like he owned me I couldn't get him out and then I was like you know what I need to try something totally different so I just started looping these huge curveballs in there and then he would be like uh, and he you know I made him supply all the power and then it, it kind of took his his advantage away and that's baseball is a game of adjustments in the same way that racing is you know you have to some guys are particularly good in one part of the track or their cars are good at one particular track and for us, obviously, we're racing Mazda MX-5s, not V8s, you know, something like that, where we're just going to stomp on the pedal. So tracks that require a little bit more finesse, like Barber or Mazda Raceway, those are the tracks where our car shines. In the same sense that, you know, all these manufacturers are different. And it's all it's about racing. momentum. You it have, is, Once yeah. you get out of the gas, it might take you half a lap to get back to that speed. Right, because there's no turbo boost like on Mario Kart, you know, so you have to kind of, <laughs> you have to really kind of keep it, keep it wound up. But, you know... It, it's really rewarding for me because I'm, I'm trying to develop something right now, a corporate culture within the team that's positive, and we develop the drivers and stuff. And hopefully we can continue to grow and develop and grow and develop until we're at that top echelon, you know, the 
running the Daytona 24-hour for a, a class win or Le Mans for a class win or something like that. That's, At what that's level? Cool. Prototype or well, GT? That, or what? that comes down to uh, the business angle of it. You know, I mean, obviously the prototype angle is extremely expensive. Um, and now just put your signing bonus out there, dude. Just oh. write a check. <laughs> well, that's that's good for like one year, and then what about the next year? You know, <laughs> so um, it's it's difficult. But one of the cool things that Racing opens a lot of doors, and being the weird baseball player that's the only guy out here doing this, you know, I I got a dealership, you know, then I got another dealership, and I'm trying to work that angle as well, and maybe if I can get a couple dealerships going, then, you know, that, that'll kind of help keep the, the thing going and sustain everything. Because no one wants to race for, like, two or three years and then go home. Like, yeah. I want to do – I'm 32. I want to keep doing this for a long time. So you look at those guys like Penske that has – 160 car dealerships and he's in four series and you're like well maybe the car dealerships is really the key to the whole thing (laughs) yep he rick hendrick you got it exactly so you know that's something that that i'm thinking about and trying to figure out a way to do that so so cj penske hendrick wilson is that awesome yeah (laughs) if i was ever mentioned in that category other than like this guy wishes he was these guys but he sucks (laughs) i mean it would be a, a huge honor because obviously um you know hendrick and and um you know roger are super successful business. Roger now, is it? Huh? Well, first name basis. Yeah. Yeah. C.J. Wilson joins us on Speed Freaks. Crash Gladys, Kenny Sargent, Statman. Crash, go ahead. Well, we follow you on Twitter, and you've got some great stuff that you put out there. Is that how, once baseball season comes into play, is that how you keep a track with your team? Or how often can you really be in touch with your guys because the baseball season is so long and, and demanding? Yeah, it, it's it's a weird schedule, too, because it's not a 9 to 5, you know what I mean? And it's not a Monday through Friday thing, so... I work about 28 days a month, um, but I have I do have free time, which is great, and so I do follow at the midnight. team. midnight? Yeah, midnight. That's exactly right. <laughs> From about 12 to 3 a.m., and then about Perfect. 9 a.m. to 12 you know, p.m., I'm free every day. So I have about six hours I can apply towards you know, tweeting and, and emailing and conference calling and, and reading tweets and Skyping and, you know, whatever technology. Well, what's next, guys? What's next? <laughs> exactly. Holo- we need a holographic, you know, Snapchat kind of thing. That's what we Free- need. No, you're going to have next. you're gonna have a Bluetooth on the mound, and your drivers are going to call live from the cockpit and talk to you while you're on the mound throwing a pitch. I'm like, well, wh- is rain coming or what, guys? Come on. No, but to answer your question earlier, though, no, I really try not to think about one when I'm doing the other. Like, when I'm here, I'm 100% here. I don't think about it other than somebody comes up and asks for an autograph, which is kind of funny that I get Angels baseball cards that I have to autograph in Daytona Beach, Florida. But, um, you know, for the most part, I'm. it allows me to switch modes and flip the switch on. Like, okay, I'm in baseball mode, and then I'm out of baseball mode, then I'm, you know, in fitness mode, then I'm out of that, then I'm in, you know, dealership mode, and then in race car mode and whatever. And that that's really the most effective thing that I've learned is how to manage my time. And but See, that's well, what makes you successful because many people, I'd say at least 90% of the people in the world cannot do that, cannot flip a switch and make a, an instant change. So that's that's why you're successful. But it's something you just have to practice, you know, and it's you start when you're in the minor leagues and, and you know, some everybody has a real life, we're all real people, you know, some people have kids, some people have dogs, some people have a sick grandma, whatever. So you have to like learn how to compartmentalize things. And I guess if you go through enough adversity, then it allows you to figure out a way to kind of manage adversity, if that makes sense. Well, first of all, C.J. Wilson, your PR guy, failed to tell you when you mentioned your two dealerships. Give me a name. C.J. Wilson (laughs) Mazda. Where? In in Countryside, Illinois. And the other one? BMW of Countryside. It's a BMW motorcycle dealership right next door. So if you want to go, you know. the Illinois, though, you're a Cali guy. Well, you know, dealerships, you got to kind of go where they are. I had the opportunity to get them, and... um, 
the funny thing, this is the funny thing, right? So I'm driving around with dealer plates in LA and um, so I have these green dealer plates and I'm with my my chef, right? Because I have a chef that cooks for me so I can stay fit for yes. baseball. And um, this this guy asked him, he's like, yo, where are those plates from? And he goes, outer space, bro, because they're green. Like, you don't, I mean, I've never seen them before. They look funny. So, um, you know, people give me weird looks. They're like, what is that? You know, and then, of course, it says, get your next Mazda at CJ Wilson Mazda, which is like from, it's, I'm driving around Sunset miles Boulevard. Away. Yeah, like someone's going to send one in. But um, no, but I actually sell cars to my friends. We can We can only sell used cars, but my buddy will be like, Hey man, like my credit kind of sucks, and um, <laughs> so it's funny because one of my buddies was like, "Man, I got about two grand down, you know, I can do like two fifty a month. What do you got for me?" And I'm like, "Well, let me check the website." And I have an app on my phone. I'm like, "Nice." What do you think about a 2010 Mazda three? What do you think? Is that cool? Are you into that? So it's I am actually learning that angle as well, and it is it is pretty comical uh, for a lot of reasons. Speaking We've got a, a Speed Six that. You, you were Mazda thinking about Speed selling, six. right? You can Mazda sell it through Speed, his dealership. Speed six. A lot of folks like those Mazda Those Speed. are really cool. That's uh -oh. like yes. uh, It's a cult classic. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Wait a minute. Like You're going to sell that? You're not going to sell it to me? I'll have to sell it to you for retail value, Chat man. <laughs> right. If you guys need me to help you with the paperwork on this <laughs> right. deal, you can work it through C.J. Wilson Mazda. Speaking of finance. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I wanted. Financing angle as well. C.J. Wilson. Speaking of finances, see, the season starts up. All right. You've got spring training. You've got April have you been collecting any paychecks from November to what February, March? No, we only get paid during the season, so we get two pay oh, wow. we get two paychecks a month during the season. So it's like getting, you know, we you have to kind of be the squirrel that hides the acorns, you know, <laughs> especially when you have the hobbies like I do. A lot of guys they have. It's really funny. They have a they have an in house accountant, which is what I like to call the the wife that doesn't work. And then the um, so what they do is you know the wife. A lot of the guys some some of the guys aren't that good with money. Some guys are. You know some guys the guys that are good with money they do investments and they're kind of you know they do some stuff going on. But otherwise the wife is like you can't get a new car or you can't do this. And so people will be like, dude, how'd you get this car? Like I mean how'd you? I'm like. I don't have an. In I'm, I'm I'm my own accountant, you know. Like <laughs> no one's telling me what to do, so it's kind of funny. But I, I've had to, you know, learn some lessons with that, and it's it's been, you know, a couple of years of uh, where I was like, oh man, hey, when's April fifteenth coming up? I need that paycheck. So <laughs> tax you know, day, is tax day. Well, yeah, it's like it's kind of ironic. You have to pay taxes and get your paycheck at the same time. So is that, is that so you don't wait, wait, hold on, though. you don't get paid during spring training. It's April fifteenth when you get paid. Right, we get we get Ooh. meal money. We get meal money. And meal money. Meal money, which um, is how much. I think it's like it's like eighty bucks a day, but you have to rent a place. You know, you have to, oh, you right. have to rent a place in like Arizona, which that's the hot season there. So you go there, and it's like five or six thousand dollars a month for some place, and you're like, right. okay, well, I got eighty bucks a day. You know, and so, <laughs> so when you're especially like when you're a rookie or you know rookie yeah. managers or you're in the minor leagues, especially, you're like. Okay, let's get five guys in oh. a two bedroom, and then whoever gets the short straw sleeps on the couch. You know what I mean? <laughs> Did that happen to you? No, no, no. Um, but I definitely I had to sleep in the den of a house one year, and that that, that den had the the computer in it. You know, that had the, oh. the, the dial up modem, right? Oh, yeah. So people would be like knocking on my door at you know seven thirty when we were getting ready to leave. Like, hey man, can I check my AOL really quick before we go to the field? <laughs> So it, I've come a, long, zero. Coming a long way since then, you know, so it's great. <laughs> Who were um, your roomies then? Uh, I lived with Scott Feldman and Cameron Lowe. Uh, both of them are still in the big leagues. Uh, Scott just signed with the Cubs and Cameron's with the, the Milwaukee Brewers. You sell them a car? Uh, no. See, the thing is, a lot of guys, they, they grow out of the Mazda phase and they get into oh. like the, the Bentley phase. If I was a Bentley dealer or an Aston Martin dealer then, or a Mercedes dealer, there's a lot of Mercedes. Um, well, Roger is. 
Well, yeah, but Rogers, yeah, Rogers got everything. He's got Porsche. He's got all sorts of stuff. That's the so. next phase of C.J. Wilson. Well, you have to take steps. I mean, like if a dealership costs fifty million bucks, it's not like oh, it's like okay, do I? I don't have that, so I'm gonna have to wait a little bit to kind of accumulate. Um, do you pay your employees six months out of the year? At the dealership, yeah. no, they work. They work uh, eight days a week. So, 